Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Oh, come on. Three people are happy. Come on. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. The Lord is good. He was good yesterday, wasn't he? Amen. Is he good today? Yes. Is he going to be good tomorrow? Amen. So, uh, man, I, I am excited. I'm, I am very excited about today. Uh, I want to let you know that I feel much better today than I did last week, even though I still have Morgan Freeman's voice, which is really pretty cool. Uh, but, but the good thing is, well, it's not actually a good thing. I've made my family sick. So I know, I know. I can truthfully say that now. Uh, it, so pray for them that they get over this. Uh, we are blessed today to have our district superintendent, uh, Reverend Tom Flanders, with us. I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, he is a good friend, and he has an update for you after the end of the service, so please make sure you hang on, uh, if you would. I, I want to talk to you for a little while about uh, the topic. It's a question. Who do you say I am? I know that a lot of times you... You have various names, various titles in your life. Um, my two-year-old granddaughter calls me by a variety of different names. I always wanted to be Grandfather Red Ock. Um, it came to be via the grandkids that I am Poppy. Grandfather Red Ock, Poppy. I never realized how masculine the, the name Poppy really is. Uh, but my, my little two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, um, I finally comprehended that she calls me by various different names. Sometimes she calls me Poppy, and when she calls me Poppy, it's, it's simply, let's go party. Uh, in fact, I think Poppy and Slave are synonymous. Uh, sometimes she calls me dad and I'll say poppy and she'll say dad but it's, it's not that she thinks I'm her dad it's just that she wants me to get something for her she has transitioned from hey let's party to hey get this for me but when she needs help when she really needs something she calls me mom Uh, it, isn't it interesting that even kids, when according to the needs that they have, they will call you by various different titles or topics or, or names. In the scripture, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus looks at his disciples to help them identify who he is. It's, it was important for Jesus. It's, it's toward the end of his ministry. He's getting ready to, uh, <coughs> to transition. He's ready to be crucified. And he takes his disciples some 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee to the headlands of the Jordan River. And, and, there, and there he sees a, a, a pantheon of of various religions where they worship at a place called the Gates of Hades. It was believed by many Greeks and Romans as well that that there was that the that the gods would 
would go to hibernate or where they would go into the earth during the winter and then in the spring and summer would come out to be on the earth and 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 there was a giant pool of water that was underneath and and they, they believed that it was limitless and that it descended into the various depths of the earth and and it's in this surrounding <coughs> and it's in this context that Jesus Ask his disciples an important question. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to grab a cough drop. My apologies. <coughs> Jesus asked his disciples what others thought of him. Do I have that on? on? <coughs> Just, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, uh, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they replied, some say that you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. It's interesting to note the various names mentioned about Jesus. Jesus asked his disciples, what do others say about me now you and I we're in 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 the world in our world today we hear various things whether it's on television or radio or, or just in communication when you're in the grocery store some people use the name of Jesus in vain some people think that Jesus is just a good man some people think he was just a prophet some people think he didn't exist there's a lot of different views of Jesus and Jesus poses this question to his disciples and he does it intentionally because he wants his disciples to be aware of the of the various thoughts about who he really is some of them said well some of them say you're John the Baptist and if you look at Matthew 14 Herod's fears that that he thought that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead and, and perhaps that some of them were were just echoing those same sentiments. Others uh, said Elijah, and perhaps a Masonic, Messianic forerunner of, of the Christ. Still others, Jeremiah, which was a revered re preacher of repentance and judgment. Still there were others. But people attributed characteristics of those they admired, feared, and respected to Christ. Isn't that interesting? Christ was the fulfillment of their understanding. And yet all of their understanding and all of their thoughts were incorrect. Our world today attributes love to Christ, that Christ is love, that Christ is forgiveness, that Christ is accepting, that Christ is just peaceful. Some will attribute judgment to God but our world today sees a very different Christ than who Christ truly is Christ is far more than what the world wants him to be and the reason why the world wants him to be a certain way is it because it fits their dynamics it fits their lifestyle if God is truly just love and truly all forgiving and everybody's going to get there at some point then there's no need to change your direction your perspective 
many view Christ as they want him to be. I would, I would say that many people in the Christian church view Christ as who they want him to be and not who he truly is. It's important. Jesus looked at his disciples. If you would go on, please. He said, well, what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? That is the $64,000 question. How you answer that question will determine whether, where you spend eternity. How you answer that question will determine how much success in Christ you have in this life. How you view Christ, whether he is all-sufficient or whether he is just a, a babe that was born in a manger or a man that died on a cross some 2,000 years ago, how you see him is going to determine how you live for him and your beliefs will, will be in line with your actions. Jesus asked this question. It's the most important question that we can ask ourselves. Peter goes on to say, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And notice, <coughs> if you would go on a little bit farther, notice what Jesus said. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. I want you to look at something. There's very, something very important in this passage of Scripture. Number one, that Peter did not get this revelation through his fleshly understanding. You will never see Christ when you're dealing with your flesh. See, the world thinks that, that we are human beings with a spirit inside. In everything that, that the world conducts, the carnal mind, the Bible says it's an enemy to God. Everything that the world does is with the carnal mind. It cannot see God. It cannot understand him. It cannot understand who Christ really is. Peter understood that Jesus was the Christ not through his carnal mind, but the Spirit revealed it to him. There is an important understanding that that if you really want to know Jesus, you can't approach him with a carnal mind. You are not a physical being with a spirit inside. You are an eternal being that is housed in a fleshly body. And it's the voice that you listen to that is going to determine how you see Jesus. If you are walking and, and trying to understand Christ through your carnal reasoning, you will try to validate everything that, that is in your life that you know is not right. You will try to live your life according to the dictates of your heart. You will try to, to observe and do all the things that you can do. And you will never see Christ as all-sufficient. But when you see him through the eyes of your spiritual being, you realize that he is infinite and that you are finite. That he is all-sufficient. 
and we are here. It's an unbelievable transformation when you start to see Christ with the spiritual being. I remember years ago when I, I was uh, driving through Arkansas and I had a little sales route, me and my 1978 Trans Am. And we were driving through a little place called Mena, Arkansas. And I can still remember the, the, the well, it was back, back when they had cassettes. Can you believe that? <laughs> and I, I thought it was cool because I just got rid of my 8-track. And so I'm driving, and, and, I, and I'm driving through Mena. I'm going to Dequeen, Arkansas. And, and I look out of the corner of my eyes, and I see this church. I'm not serving God. I have no idea and no desire to serve God. But there is nothing in me that says, I'm going to serve God. I have been living my life with my carnal, fleshly desire. And I drive past this church... And the voice of God speaks to my soul and says, why aren't you serving me? At that moment, God was not speaking to my carnal mind. It was God speaking to the spiritual man. And the spiritual man responded to the almighty God. I remember turning off the radio, just starting to cry because I felt the presence of the Almighty God in my life. I didn't ask Him. I didn't do anything. All I did was look at a church, and the voice of God spoke to me, and it compelled me on an amazing journey toward Him. And for one year, from one year to the date, that was a Wednesday night, Tom, one year to the date, every single night, the Lord would wake me up between two and four. Just go, why aren't you serving me? He wasn't speaking to my flesh. He was speaking to my spirit. And one year to the day, I made my way to a church on a dry old Bible study. And for some reason, that pastor gave an invitation on a Wednesday night, on a dry old Bible study night. And I made the greatest decision I ever made in my life. My spiritual man overcame my carnal man. I think if you go back to that church today, and if you look on the right side, about three pews in, you're going to see my fingerprints right on the back of that pew where I wrestled with God. But something in my spirit said, I am a spiritual being in need of God. And I forced my flesh to walk down to the front and I gave my life to Christ. And that was the start of the most amazing journey of my life. And every single time 
that the Lord has moved in my life from that point to this point has always been on that same platform where I have to overcome my flesh and I need to follow in the spirit. And when I allow my spiritual man to rise and my fleshly man to decrease, I see God as who, who he truly is. And notice in this passage of scripture, when, when Peter understands through the spirit that who Jesus is, and he says, you are the Christ, you're the son of the living God. Look what Jesus does. He says, you're blessed. But then he begins to tell Peter who he is. You're never going to understand who you are in God until you understand who Christ is. When you understand who Christ is in the Spirit, then he begins to speak to you and tell you who he really is. When he said, I needed a Savior, and I said, God, I need you as my Savior, Christ became my all-sufficient Savior. When I was sick and I needed somebody to heal me, he was my healer. He's been my redeemer. He is my deliverer. He he is my hope. He is my salvation. He is the rock on which I stand. Christ is all in all. But he must move beyond the rationale of the flesh and obey the call of the Spirit. As deep calls to deep. I want to encourage you in your life, don't lean to your own understanding, but trust in the voice of of the Lord. Read the scripture. Follow God in every aspect of your life. The Bible tells us that Jesus can be your advocate. He can be your almighty God. He can be the Alpha and Omega. He is the arm of the Lord. He is the author and finisher of your faith. He is the bread of life. He is your counselor. He is your creator. He is your deliverer. He is your everlasting father. He is your good shepherd. He is your great high priest. He is the horn of your salvation. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. He is the resurrection and the life. And it goes on and on and on. Christ is all sufficient. Sam, I'm going to ask you if you please come back in the praise team. I'm going to ask today and I, and I apologize for my voice. But I want to ask as the praise team comes if there's someone here today that needs God for healing, for direction, for finance. Whatever you need, if you need understanding, whatever you need, we want to make an opportunity for you to come. And say, Lord, I want you to be more. As your spirit is speaking to my spirit, I want you to reveal yourself to me in whatever area of life. If you need salvation, he's as close as the mention of his name. He's done the work. All you have to do is say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. As we sing this song, if you are here today and you want prayer, I'm going to ask Reverend Flanders to be on this side. I'll be on this side. I would just like you to be able to come and receive from the Lord.